Chapters 41 and 42 of The Torrents of Spring by Ivan Turgenev, translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 41. Such were Sanin's thoughts as he went to bed, but what he thought next morning, when Maria Nikolaevna knocked impatiently at his door with the coral handle of her riding whip, when he saw her in the doorway, with the train of a dark blue riding habit over her arm, with a man's small hat on her thickly coiled curls, with a veil thrown back over her shoulder, with a smile of invitation on her lips, in her eyes, over all her face. What he thought then, history does not record. "'Well, are you ready?' rang out a joyous voice. Sanin buttoned his coat and took his hat in silence. Maria Nikolaevna flung him a bright look, nodded to him, and ran swiftly down the staircase, and he ran after her. The horses were already waiting in the street at the steps. There were three of them, a golden chestnut thoroughbred mare with a thin-lipped mouth that showed the teeth with black prominent eyes and legs like a stag's, rather thin but beautifully shaped, and full of fire and spirit for Maria Nikolaevna. A big, powerful, rather thick-set horse, raven black all over, for Sanin, the third horse was destined for the groom. Maria Nikolaevna leapt adroitly on to her mare, who stamped and wheeled round, lifting her tail and sinking onto her haunches. But Maria Nikolaevna, who was a first-rate horsewoman, reined her in. They had to take leave of Polozov, who in his inevitable fez and in an open dressing-gown came out onto the balcony, and from there waved a Batiste handkerchief, without the faintest smile, rather a frown, in fact, on his face. Sanin, too, mounted his horse. Maria Nikolaevna saluted Polozov with her whip, then gave her mare a lash with it on her arched and flat neck. The mare reared on her hind legs, made a dash forward moving with a smart and shortened step, quivering in every sinew, biting the air and snorting abruptly. Sanin rode behind and looked at Maria Nikolaevna, her slender supple figure, moulded by close-fitting but easy stays, swayed to and fro, with self-confident grace and skill. She turned her head and beckoned him with her eyes alone. He came alongside of her. "'See now how delightful it is,' she said. "'I tell you at the last, before parting, you are charming, and you shan't regret it.' As she uttered those last words, she nodded her head several times as if to confirm them and make him feel their full weight." She seemed so happy that Sanin was simply astonished. Her face even wore at times that sedate expression which children sometimes have when they are very, very much pleased. They rode at a walking pace for the short distance to the city walls, but then started off at a vigorous gallop along the high road. It was magnificent. Real summer weather. The wind blew in their faces and sang and whistled sweetly in their ears. They felt very happy. The sense of youth, health, and life, 
of free eager onward motion gained possession of both it grew stronger every instant maria nikolaevna reined in her mare and again went at a walking pace sanin followed her example this she began with a deep blissful sigh this now is the only thing worth living for when you succeed in doing what you want to what seemed impossible come enjoy it heart and soul to the last drop she passed her hand across her throat and how good and kind one feels oneself then i know at this moment how good i feel i feel as if i could embrace the whole world no not the whole world that man now i couldn't she pointed with her whip to a poorly dressed old man who was stealing along on one side but i am ready to make him happy here take this she shouted loudly in german and she flung a net purse at his feet the heavy little bag leather purses were not thought of at that time fell with a ring on to the road the old man was astounded stood still while maria nikolaevna chuckled and put her mare into a gallop do you enjoy riding so much sanin asked as he overtook her maria nikolaevna reined her mare in once more only in this way could she bring her to a stop i only wanted to get away from thanks if any one thanks me he spoils my pleasure you see i didn't do that for his sake but for my own how dare he thank me i didn't hear what you asked me i asked i wanted to know what makes you so happy today do you know what said maria nikolaevna either she had again not heard sanin's question or she did not consider it necessary to answer it i'm awfully sick of that groom who sticks up there behind us and most likely does nothing but wonder when we gentlefolks are going home again how shall we get rid of him she hastily pulled a little pocket-book out of her pocket send him back to the town with a note no that won't do ah i have it what's that in front of us isn't it an inn sanin looked in the direction she pointed yes i believe it is an inn well that's first-rate i'll tell him to stop at that inn and drink beer till we come back but what will he think what does it matter to us besides he won't think at all he'll drink beer that's all come sanin it was the first time she had used his surname alone on gallop when they reached the inn maria nikolaevna called the groom up and told him what she wished of him the groom a man of english extraction and english temperament raised his hand to the beak of his cap without a word jumped off his horse and took him by the bridle well now we are free as the birds of the air cried maria nikolaevna where shall we go north south east or west look i am like the hungarian king at his coronation she pointed her whip in each direction in turn all is ours no do you know what see those glorious mountains and that forest let's go there to the mountains to the mountains in die berge wo die freiheit thront she turned off the high road and galloped along a narrow untrodden track which certainly seemed to lead straight to the hills sanin galloped after her forty two this track soon changed into a tiny footpath 
and at last disappeared altogether and was crossed by a stream. Sanin counseled turning back, but Maria Nikolaevna said, No, I want to get to the mountains. Let's go straight as the birds fly. And she made her mare leap the stream. Sanin leaped it too. Beyond the stream began a wide meadow, at first dry, then wet, and at last quite boggy. The water oozed up everywhere and stood in pools in some places. Maria Nikolaevna rode her mare straight through these pools on purpose, laughed and said, Let's be naughty, children. Do you know, she asked Sanin, what is meant by pool hunting? Yes, answered Sanin. I had an uncle, a huntsman, she went on. I used to go out hunting with him in the spring. It was delicious. Here we are now on the pools with you, only I see you are a Russian, and yet mean to marry an Italian. Well, that's your sorrow. What's that? A stream again. Gee up! The horse took the leap, but Maria Nikolaevna's hat fell off her head, and her curls tumbled loose over her shoulders. Sanin was just going to get off his horse to pick up the hat, but she shouted to him, don't touch it, I'll get it myself, bent low down from the saddle, hooked the handle of her whip into the veil, and actually did get the hat. She put it on her head, but did not fasten up her hair, and again darted off positively hallowing. Sanin dashed along beside her, by her side leaped trenches, fences, brooks, fell in and scrambled out, flew downhill, flew uphill, and kept watching her face. What a face it was! It was all, as it were, wide open. Wide open, eyes eager, bright and wild, lips, nostrils open to and breathing eagerly. She looked straight before her, and it seemed as though that soul longed to master everything it saw, the earth, the sky, the sun, the air itself, and would complain of one thing only, the dangers were so few, and all she could overcome. Sanin, she cried, why this is like Burgers Lenore. Only you're not dead, eh? Not dead! I am alive! She let her force and daring have full fling. It seemed not an Amazon on a galloping horse, but a young female centaur, at full speed, half-beast and half-god, and the sober, well-bred country seemed astounded as it was trampled underfoot in her wild riot. Maria Nikolaevna at last drew up her foaming and bespattered mare. She was staggering under her, and Sanin's powerful but heavy horse was gasping for breath. Well, do you like it? Maria Nikolaevna asked in a sort of exquisite whisper. I like it, Sanin echoed back ecstatically, and his blood was on fire. This isn't all. Wait a bit, she held out her hand. Her glove was torn across. I told you I would lead you to the forest, to the mountains. Here they are, the mountains. The mountains, covered with tall forest, rose about two hundred feet from the place they had reached in their wild ride. Look, here is the road. Let us turn into it, and forwards. Only at a walk. We must let our horses get their breath. They rode on. With one vigorous sweep of her arm, Maria Nikolaevna flung back her hair. Then 
she looked at her gloves and took them off my hands will smell of leather she said you won't mind that eh maria nikolaevna smiled and sanin smiled too their mad gallop together seemed to have finally brought them together and made them friends how old are you she asked suddenly twenty-two really i'm twenty-two too a nice age add both together and you're still far from old age it's hot though am i very red eh like a poppy maria nikolaevna rubbed her face with her handkerchief we've only to get to the forest and there it will be cool such an old forest is like an old friend have you any friends sanin thought a little yes only few no real ones i have real ones but not old ones this is a friend too a horse how carefully it carries one ah but it's splendid here is it possible i'm going to paris the day after tomorrow yes is it possible sanin chimed in and you to frankfurt i'm certainly going to frankfurt well what of it good luck go with you anyway today's ours 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 the horses reached the forest's edge and pushed on into the forest the broad soft shade of the forest wrapped them round on all sides oh but this is paradise cried maria nikolaevna further deeper into the shade sanin the horses moved slowly on deeper into the shade slightly swaying and snorting the path by which they had come in suddenly turned off and plunged into a rather narrow gorge the smell of heather and bracken of the resin of the pines and the decaying leaves of the last year seemed to hang close and drowsy about it through the clefts of the big brown rocks came strong currents of fresh air on both sides of the path rose round hillocks covered with green moss stop cried maria nikolaevna i want to sit down and rest on this velvet help me to get off sanin leaped off his horse and ran up to her she leaned on both his shoulders sprang instantly to the ground and seated herself on one of the mossy mounds he stood before her holding both the horse's bridles in his hand she lifted her eyes to him sanin are you able to forget sanin recollected what had happened yesterday in the carriage what is that a question or a reproach i have never in my life reproached anyone for anything do you believe in magic what in magic you know what is sung of in our ballads our russian peasant ballads ah that's what you're speaking of sanin said slowly yes that's it i believe in it and you will believe in it magic is sorcery sanin repeated anything in the world is possible i used not to believe in it but i do now i don't know myself maria nikolaevna thought a moment and looked about her i fancy this place seems familiar to me look sanin behind that bushy oak is there a red wooden cross or not sanin moved a few steps to one side oh, yes there is maria nikolaevna smiled ah that's good i know where we are we haven't got lost as yet what's that tapping a woodcutter sanin looked into the thicket 
Yes, there is a man there chopping up dry branches. I must put my hair to rights, said Maria Nikolaevna, else he'll see me and be shocked. She took off her hat and began plaiting up her long hair, silently and seriously. Sanin stood facing her. All the lines of her graceful limbs could be clearly seen through the dark folds of her habit, dotted here and there with tufts of moss. One of the horses suddenly shook itself behind Sanin's back. He himself started and trembled from head to foot. Everything was in confusion within him. His nerves were strung up like harp-strings. He might well say he did not know himself. He really was bewitched. His whole being was filled full of one thing, one idea, one desire. Maria Nikolaevna turned a keen look upon him. Come, now everything's as it should be, she observed, putting on her hat. Won't you sit down? Here. No, wait a minute. Don't sit down. What's that? Over the treetops, over the air of the forest, rolled a dull rumbling. Can it be thunder? I think it really is thunder answered Sanin. Oh, this is a treat, a real treat. That was the only thing wanting. The dull rumble was heard a second time, rose and fell in a crash. Bravo, peace! Do you remember I spoke of the Eneid yesterday? They too were overtaken by a storm in the forest, you know? We must be off, though. She rose swiftly to her feet. Bring me my horse, Give me your hand. There, so, I'm not heavy. She hopped like a bird into the saddle. Sanin, too, mounted his horse. Are you going home? He asked in an unsteady voice. Home, indeed, she answered deliberately and picked up the reins. Follow me, she commanded almost roughly. She came out onto the road and, passing the Red Cross, rode down into a hollow, clambered up against to a crossroad, turned to the right and again up the mountainside. She obviously knew where the path led, and the path led farther and farther into the heart of the forest. She said nothing and did not look round. She moved imperiously in front, and humbly and submissively he followed, without a spark of will in his sinking heart. Rain began to fall in spots. She quickened her horse's pace, and he did not linger behind her. At last, through the dark green of the young firs under an overhanging grey rock, a tumble-down little hut peeped out at him with a low door in its wattle wall. Maria Nikolaevna made her mare push through the fir bushes, leaped off her, and appearing suddenly at the entrance to the hut, turned to Sanin and whispered, Ines. Four hours later, Maria Nikolaevna and Sanin, accompanied by the groom who was nodding in the saddle, returned to Wiesbaden to the hotel. Polozov met his wife with the letter to the overseer in his hand. After staring rather intently at her, he showed signs of some displeasure on his face, and even muttered, "'You don't mean to say you've won your bet?' Maria Nikolaevna simply shrugged her shoulders. The same day, two hours later, Sanin was standing in his own room before her, like one distraught, ruined. "'Where are you going, dear?' 
she asked him, to Paris or to Frankfurt? I am going where you will be, and will be with you till you drive me away. He answered with despair, and pressed close to him the hands of his sovereign. She freed her hands, laid them on his head, and clutched at his hair with her fingers. She slowly turned over and twisted the unresisting hair, drew herself up, her lips curled with triumph, while her eyes, wide and clear, almost white, expressed nothing but the ruthlessness and glutted joy of conquest. The hawk, as it clutches a captured bird, has eyes like that. End of chapters 41 and 42